Are you listening to the award-winning CBJRadio.com yet? 28 different shows, over 55 hours of new programming every week. Shows range from theme shows to all-independent artist shows to rock shows to hip-hop shows to a Friday night request show. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Plaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello friends, how you doing? Do you have any Halloween plans, you know, taking their kids out trick-or-treating, going to a haunted house, watching scary movies, going to Halloween parties? I used to love Halloween as a kid. Who didn't? And as a former bar DJ, I got to judge so many Halloween costume contests. Plus, some of my favorite bands put on the best shows for Halloween. What was your favorite Halloween costume that you had when you dressed up? Was was it one you wore as a kid? Was it one you wore as an adult? Was it one your kids wore? Something like that? Now, if you're somewhere around my age, You probably wore those plastic Halloween costumes growing up. They're like a a one one piece. Uh, You jump in the back and uh, you had a plastic mask. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of those because mine would always end up tearing by the end of the night. And it was so hard to breathe in those plastic masks. But um, they had some cool stuff. He-Man, Star Star Wars stuff, G.I. Joe stuff, all sorts of cool stuff like that. So definitely was wearing those but my favorite costume I dressed up as I was an adult and I was Triple H the wrestler and I even grew out my facial hair to match his and it's basically the complete opposite of what I have now I've like a the goatee that's only what I have no mustache or anything yeah his was completely opposite of the time so it was hard to do because uh, I hated having a full beard and any sort of big mustache, but I think I pulled it off very well. I even had my friend who was a former University of Wyoming trainer tape up my hands to look just like Triple H's, have the long hair and and everything. And I really wish there were actual more pictures of me in that costume. I really enjoyed it. All right, folks, today's guest is Guy Tool. And I learned so much about Guy during the interview, and so will you. He went from being a ranch kid on the plains of Colorado to playing in NFL Europe to co-founding a marketing company. I'm not going to give any more away. Let's get to the interview. I was born and raised uh, just outside of Yuma, Colorado, the metropolis of Yuma, Colorado. So what's the population there? You- so when, when, when I was growing up, I believe the population was roughly like 3,500. I believe wow. right now they're, they're about a thousand less. Oh, less. Wow. Yeah. Figure with everybody moving to Colorado, it'd be a good, easy, a thousand more. Oh man, um, it's out in the plains. No one wants oh, yeah. to live out in the plains. Gotcha. Do, 
did your parents meet in Yuma? What what took the family there? My my dad was from basically. Uh, I grew up where he grew up. Oh, mom's from like thirty miles away from there, so they uh, they met each other. There's you know my dad might be a little bit of a cradle robber. He, he's <laughs> almost, almost ten years older than my mom. Oh wow! That that I wonder how they how did they meet. Um, they actually. <laughs> they actually uh they rodeoed they okay. uh, wouldn't do the the dances and all those different types of things but you know they just celebrated their 53rd anniversary wow congrats to them yeah that's a long time and uh, yeah well meeting on the rodeo circuit and stuff that there's movies based on that kind of stuff so sure. yeah um are you uh an only child i am the youngest of four. Oh, so. okay yeah. Break it down for us. Break it down. My brother is almost seven years older than okay. me. And then there, there's uh, two sisters between us, um, uh, four years older and three years older. Gotcha. Wow. Two boys, two girls. I'm the only boy and I have three sisters. Yeah. And so I, I, and I'm, I, my parents divorced when I was young. So I have like step family of stepsisters, four years older than me. My oldest sister is about six years older than me. Youngest sister is 11 because that's my mom and stepdad's kid. Yeah. And uh, so being a boy, I kind of had my own own childhood um, with all girls. And then the age differences, we kind of had our own time periods where it was our time to shine in the households and everything. Right. Um, were you, did you follow around your older brother more or did your, your sisters more? Or were you, I mean, since you're the youngest. Right. I, you know, I think I, uh, I, I always like looked up to my, my brother and always wanted to hang out with him and his friends. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the same sense, my sisters, uh, being the youngest and you have those sisters, they're going to, they're going to baby you and, you know, 40 years old and they still <laughs> try to act that way. Oh yeah. We have our roles. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely my oldest sister, when my mom is not around or mom's not around, she takes right over and is, and his mom. And I think myself, my younger sister, like, you're not our mom. <laughs> but I mean, it's a good role for her. She's a good mom she, uh, to her kids and everything. But I'm just like, I get you, sis. You don't always have to be the leader. Right. But yeah. But and uh, having an older sister like that, um, I got dressed up a lot as a kid. Maybe. Like, because I, I couldn't fight back until 12 or 13 years old was probably about when I could hold my own. Right. And I'm the same way. I mean, I think yeah. I dressed up as a, as a little girl, probably every weekend. Um, I played with Barbies. I got in trouble for either pulling their heads off or <laughs> clothes off, whatever, you know, yeah. what, what you did. But, you know, I, I had a, I had a great with my, my oh, brother yeah. and sisters. We, we uh, got along so well then we still do now. And That's great. Just love uh, I would have, my sister had Barbies and she would um, take my large size like Star Wars figures, so I'd like Han Solo Chewbacca. And I'd have to have rescue missions to go get them out of Barbie land because that's not where they belonged. Even though, because Han Solo was much better than like the Ken doll. So that's why I always got in there. And uh, yeah, I'd always get mad. I'd be like, where is my, and I was like, even Chewbacca? Chewbacca's hanging out in Barbie land? Like, yeah. uh, 
And one about Joe's. G.I. Joe's was hanging out. But yeah, you'd always get in trouble when you'd take him outside and a BB gun was involved and <laughs> those things. But yeah, it was, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, I got had one M80 incident with blowing up action figures in GI Joe, and it was so loud that I was like, "I'm not doing that ever again." That was that was rough. Uh, I remember, um, yeah, my sister would. <laughs> we were excellent in public, but behind the scenes, whooping my ass. Mm-hmm. She would hold me down with her with her shoulder with her knees on my shoulders and drool, but not actually hit me. I mean, I think it did a few times, but and. And she would laugh so hard, like, yeah, it would hit me, but our like, and I was just like tortured, like, ah. And then we get around family and we'd be the best brother and sister. And I'm like, you know, living in terror. And uh, I remember when uh, she came back from college when I was like 12, 13, and she tried to push me down and it wasn't happening. And then she tried when I was a senior in high school, she was getting married and I like choke slammed her with my right hand, not a left hander. I was like, I am literally the strongest I've ever been in my life. And you're trying this right now. <laughs> yeah. I pinned her down and I was like, paybacks. And she was terrified and I let her up. She probably will deny the story, but it did happen. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to have. I mean, but yet she's one of my biggest supporters. So, I mean, yeah, great, great relationship. But yet now we're all like, we're all over the place. Are you guys all still in Colorado? Uh, three of us are in Colorado. My brother um, and his wife live ten houses away from me. Oh, cool! Um, their their daughters are actually ones in Wyoming. Oh, the other one, uh, twin nieces, ones Wyoming. The others in Nebraska. Okay. At the uh, University of Nebraska, um, my the youngest of my sisters and her husband and kids live um, twenty miles away. Oh, and. Uh, my oldest sister and her husband and kids are in Columbia, South Carolina. All right. That's stretch. That's stretch. stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I have a sister that's in Texas. One that was in Florida for a while, but now she's in Las Vegas where my, my mom lives now. And my stepsister's in Washington, which isn't far from my stepmom. So, uh, but yeah, I don't see them all. I can't go 20 minutes to go see them. So uh, yeah, I do miss them. But, and, but yet this video conferencing thing made up a whole lot different. So um, we definitely did a whole lot of that. Yeah. Uh, especially in the COVID times where we got mm-hmm. made sure it was a good thing. Um, so growing up as a kid, were you into athletics? Were you a big old bookworm, um, music? I was fully, full-fledged all into athletics. Okay. I started wrestling when I was five. All right. Um, Started running track when I was in first grade. We played flag football. We didn't have, I mean, we're a small town. We didn't have padded pad yeah. or whatever. Everyone else was getting the, uh, the, the ability yeah, to do in larger cities. I mean, we, we just played flag football. And that, that took you to junior high. First time you ever put a pad on was in seventh grade. So I was in the athletics. Um, ag so i grew up on the farm ranch oh, yeah yeah we're, we were 25 miles from town so what did you do to keep busy you worked uh, i mean <laughs> <laughs> you helped with men's yeah. we had cattle we we did a lot of that uh we were part of 4-h ffa we showed cattle uh cool. cattle shows all across the country so it was uh it was a way of of having responsibilities chores 
and in in the end of it, you know, every year that's that was your income. That's what you made uh, as as a kid. Yeah, that uh, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend owns funeral home here, and she buys a lot of 4-H sales. I mean, it's some of the best meat I've ever had. Right. And and because I know it's been treated well, so um, yeah, I can't remember the last time I bought like store bought stuff. So yeah, I'm a big supporter of that. Even though like I never participated because I grew up in a suburb of Portland, Oregon, right. and then and then moved to Laramie, and so I was always in the you know quintessential like neighborhood, the suburbs. Um, but even though where I live in Oregon, everyone thought it was like, oh my god, you live in the sticks. And it really wasn't. I mean, I didn't get cable till sixth grade or so, maybe later, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lived in between two schools, the middle school and elementary school. I lived in the valley between them. But yeah, they were like, oh, anything out that, you know, west, east of Oregon, east of Portland is the stick. So uh, yeah, it was, it's kind of like when I lived in uh, uh, Long Island, New York, I lived in Suffolk County. Which I bet I lived on the border of Nassau, Suffolk County, which are the two big counties out there that divide everything. And I, li- I mean, urban sprawl. And they're like, "Oh, you live out in the country." And I'm like, uh, "No, I know what the country looks like, and I don't live anywhere near that place." And and so, but it's and they, they thought like anything west of New Jersey was the Wild West out there. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, and I explained to where Wyoming was. I'd use Colorado all the time. I'd be like, Den- you know where Denver's at? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, two hours north. So they're like, wow, do you have electricity? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It, it was interesting. And even though I kind of fell into that when I moved to Laramie when I was 13, that I thought it was, yeah, Wild West dirt roads. Even though my stepdad had been to the University of Wyoming teaching and, and working a year ahead of us, um, yeah, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I thought it was going to be much more rural than it was. Uh, so, I mean, well, how close was your nearest neighbor out there? Our nearest neighbor were actually our cousins who okay. were, were like a half mile away. Okay. <clears throat> but, you know, friends friends were in town. They were 25 miles. Uh, wow. a lot some some friends lived on the other side of town in the other direction so you know it could have been a 50 mile drive so it wasn't a ton of uh sleepovers when you're a little kid because it was more of a job for your parents to have to get you the next day so uh, and there well okay you were wrestling first did you play soccer did you do all those baseball I played soccer like it was a wreck um yeah sport <laughs> for like two or three years. I think yeah. elementary after that, they didn't have it. Um, baseball was always during the summer. And so, I mean, being a, being a country kid, we're working. So never got into that. Um, baseball didn't even come to our high school until my senior year. Oh, so wow. it, was, uh, it was something that there was interest in watching. Um, you know, you have guys at that time, 18, 19 years old that, have been playing it for 12, 13 years and to pick it up right then probably could have, but, uh, wasn't, wasn't a passion of mine. Uh, did you get into sports? Cause your siblings were into them. Your parents were into them. Are you um, like, that's what I want. You just knew you want to do it. Right. I, I knew I wanted to do it. Siblings, uh, cousins, 
So my brother, you know, did the same sports. He also played basketball. I played basketball up until high school and then had to, you know, basically make a decision because that's at the same yeah. same time, even though those last couple of years in high school, um, the athletic director was willing to work with me to be able to do both. Um, but my mom sort of put the kibosh on that. She said, <laughs> you're not, you're not doing both. You, we don't have time. And um, that's actually my brother following a little bit in his footsteps from athletic wise. That was the sport that, I mean, he, uh, he got poked in the eye, tore retina, um, had multiple surgeries. Remember when he was like a senior in high school, the eye doctor telling him if he hit or got hit hard enough playing football, he'd go blind. Oh, so um, he, he didn't continue on in college. Uh, you know, he he had the opportunity, but didn't do that. Um, my cousin, you know, through wrestling, my cousin wrestled in college. He was a college wrestling coach and athletic director. He's now um, his title is basically he's a general manager for USA Wrestling. So, oh, wow. My family has uh, some some athletic genes in them on on both sides. A cousin that played college football in Nevada. Um and he's my oldest cousin. I mean, there's my dad's the third of six boys. Uh, they're my oldest cousin. Um, I think he's coming up on his 70th birthday. Oh, that's a huge family. Yeah. Huge family. Wow. Like I might be the only flask root in the state of Wyoming. Like I really do could believe that. Cause, um, well, most of my relatives are on the West Coast, and then there's some that kind of are in, like, North Dakota and stuff. But um, as well, I will tell the story, my grandmother, uh, Flaskrood, she – I just gotten, like, divorced uh, maybe a couple months, and I'm visiting her, and she's like, when are you going to have a kid? Because you are the, literally the last of the Mohican – like, you are the last Flaskrood from my great-grandfather who – was first generation coming over here. And I was like, I was well aware of this. And she's like, when you have a kid and I was like, Hey grandma, I might want to fall in love with somebody to have a kid and all that. And she's like, I don't think that's how it works these days. And I was like, you just want me to knock up a random kid to have a bloodline kind of thing going on. I was like, uh, I, I don't know how I skirted out of that conversation, but I was like, I'll know when I'm ready and never did have kids. I wasn't, I wasn't going to have a kid for that reason alone. <laughs> Um, it was the reason I was like, I want to find somebody to fall in love with, raise a kid, you know, maybe get married, all that good stuff. And the older I got, it was kind of like the more selfish I got. So I didn't have kids mm-hmm. and I that's and I'm happy. And all you guys that have kids are, are lucky and all that good stuff, but I'll spoil them for you and then give them back. Right. <laughs> you don't have to deal with the, the, the crying that's happening right now. Yeah. I don't even hear it. Um, that's good. So academically wise school did it come easy was the struggle school came pretty easy that's Uh, good it it came pretty easy for me i you know i think uh it was always something that we were told if we wanted to do the extracurricular like we had to focus on that so you know had a good good gpa i think out of my class a large one of 65 i think is what it was wow I think I was eighth or ninth. Okay, that's so, so I think at like high school, I was like a three nine four oh college eh, dropped a little, it was like a three six, but it, it came fairly easy. Um, had my methods of studying, had to figure that out. Uh, the crazy thing is, is 
in order for me to study and sit down and learn something um, and then go into a test environment, I always listen to music. And oh. when it came to like different subjects, different points in the test, mm-hmm. I, I could go to a certain part in the song, sing it to myself. That's awesome. And, and I, could, I could get that part of the test done. Wow. See, I, I love music. It just drowned. I have so many things going on in my head musically. It just drowns it out. I like what I should be thinking about, but it'd be good. It would have been great if I could have tied it in somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or I'm like, man, where are the classes on like random movie quotes? Like that's what I need. <laughs> and, uh, but where, I mean, I guess, I mean, did your brothers and sisters kind of help you along the way? Cause they were probably academically charged too, because your parents right. are like to do a, you got to do a, you got to do B. And yeah, they were. I think, you know, they sort of just uh, put the map together, set it, set it out there, yeah. what you have to do to be able to do it. I remember, you know, every time that they're leading up to, you know, probably their junior year, start filling out uh, things to get scholarships. And it's like, I never want to sit down and fill that much stuff out and yeah. do those essays and do the different things like that. So it was like, if, um, if I'm going to go there and get there, I've, I've, I want to uh, have something that that provides me that I don't have to sit down. And do. <laughs> and, uh, it's basically like, here's a letter, sign this, yeah. and you're accepted. Yes. Lesson learned. Lesson you don't want to have to do that, so you bust your ass to get things done. Um, and so... Uh, did you get involved in the activities in school? Because I mean, you were out working on the ranch probably most of the time when in your free time. So were activity, other activities besides sports, not really a thing. I mean, you're, you're in a small town and there wasn't much other than what you, uh, what you did from the aspect of athletics, um, working out probably was something you, you could had, uh, in common with other friends. Yeah. So being a small town, um, it, you know, you're 18, 19 years old. What do a lot of those kids do? We, we would go to a cornfield and somebody would have beer. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's did, was there, was there a cruising strip? If you there had was. a car, there was, it's a cruising strip. I think it was like, it was main street. Oh, of course. And, uh, there were, two stoplights and you would turn left at the Seven Eleven, go around the block and then, uh, you know, do your three left turns and you'd be right back on or uh, <laughs> one, two, three, and then take a right and you're back on main. And then there would be one like halfway down main street and everyone, you know, everyone had subs in their vehicles. So oh, yeah. who could rattle their, their vehicle the most or the the buildings around and then like the very end by the railroad tracks there was like this big pay just pavement it was almost like a parking lot but there wasn't any parking there and that was sort of where you did the your u-turn yeah but we also had like the, our town had you know a curfew flashing lights started 11 o'clock and uh-huh. so it was like all you miners head home and it was basically when that happened, it was head home. I got a 30 minute drive. <laughs> yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, like, well, you know, Laramie, it was like, ours was like third and grand, mostly grand. 
and it was either the it was the Baskin Robbins, it's probably Verizon now, um, parking lot or McDonald's that you kind of met in. I think I did it a few times by the time I cared about it when I was like a senior, and I was like, "This is dumb." Paying for gas. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is dumb. Yeah. Now, like, uh, like over that summer between college and and my senior year, um, that was a place where we'd be like, "Okay, where's party at?" Let's right. go do that. Because uh, I wasn't, I didn't, I was, when I wasn't good at academics, I was good at athletics. And so um, I focused on sports and I moved to Laramie and I was like, this is my only way out is sports. So um, I wasn't drinking or getting involved with any party scene when I was in high school at all. Because, well, first I was like, there's a lot of big fish in this small pond here because I moved from a bigger, bigger pond. Right. And, um, yeah, it was probably my own. It's probably good. And then I had a little sister. I had to babysit a lot. My parents would be like, and they probably did me a favor, but like, oh, buy you pizza and movies and pay you to stay home and watch a little sister. And so I was like, yeah, I probably don't want to go to you know, any sort of parties or anything. And yeah, yeah, it was good. I didn't start till I was in college. And, and I, I will tell that to kids these days too. I was like, wait till you're after 18. Yeah. Yeah. Your body's going through too many changes. You got a lot of you want to accomplish. Don't. Don't mess it up with some drinking or over partying. Yeah. By the time you get to college, you're like, oh, I'm tired of partying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, did you know did, did your, that you wanted to go to college after high school? Did your siblings go off to school and you're like, I'm, I'm doing that too? Yeah. You know, I think um, ever since I was little, it was like, I want to play college football. I want to potentially the dream of playing in the NFL. And so you knew that route was only through college. So yeah, my, my siblings went to, to college. Um, two of them actually started out in junior college in Texas. So from the aspect of agricultural livestock judging, okay. we went there and did livestock judging. <clears throat> and then they actually came back to Colorado State and, and ended and graduated from there. But they were both also uh, doing livestock judging. And then my oldest sister and I are both University of Wyoming. She was a uh, athletic trainer. Oh, for nice. four years. Yeah, nice. So, like, getting high. Um, we'll backtrack before you take off to college. Getting high school. Um, were you? Did you know you're a pretty good football player? Like, well enough to to make it to the next level? Did other people start talking about you? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think uh, you hear it. Um, it. It started probably when I was young. I was always, yeah. um, I mean, I'd go to my brother's football practice and for some reason when they're doing like wind sprints, I'm going to be the little kid over on the side doing them. And like, I'm running with the fastest guys on, on the team then. And, you know, I'm in fourth grade. Wow. And so I, I think it went through um, just all, all the athletics, you know, everyone, every family sort of did the same type of thing. And then you start competing against uh, communities around, I think track probably took me the furthest from the aspect of competing. Um, we would run either in Boulder or in Denver, Fort Collins every weekend. And there'd be people, uh, we ran relays. I ran the hundred, the 200 at that time. And they'd be like, here comes these fast little white kids. 
<laughs> in the country. It was, yeah. And, and it was. I mean, I think we were, I was in third grade and we won the Colorado Junior Olympics in the four by one. Um, and they had out of state teams there as well. And the team that actually won the national championship, we beat by like two seconds. Dang. So, so we could, um, you know, that carried into high school, same, same group of us won state championships in relays. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, um, I, I would go to camps starting in as a freshman, when you can go into the high school camps, we'd always yeah. go to seven on seven camps, uh, get invited to the, um, prestigious type camps where you know we're only going to bring a hundred people in I, I got i think uh my going between freshman and sophomore year i got invited to cu's camp for that and you know oh, wow. that's back when cu was oh yeah on top of the big 12 and so it, it was exciting to be able to to do um, those types of things but you get you start getting recognition um it, and wanting to participate in athletics. I think also, you know, you look at uh, a lot of kids at that age, I mean, letter jackets were big then. So it was like, yep. who had the most type things on them? Yeah. I remember about sophomore year, my mom was like, we're going to have to figure out other places to put patches. And <laughs> we <laughs> I specifically remember senior year at a wrestling tournament and walking by um a family and like the parents just stood and like stared at me <laughs> and the mom to like one of their family members is like holy she's like holy shit yeah <laughs> look at that and i was like yeah just uh all my bling right i got my flare on yeah so yeah like oh, I, we had letterman jackets and my, we won like our conference, like my senior year, and I was an all-state player. And other teams were like, "Your coaches didn't give you patches for that." And I was like, "No, they're ones that exist for that." And they're like, "Oh yeah." And I was like, "I could have had more bling, right?" Yeah, I was like, ah. "Like our coach was like state or nothing, so it doesn't matter if you won the conference." <laughs> I remember, like with wrestling, they would, and we didn't start doing them until we figured out why everyone else had them, like safety pins. I was like, yeah. oh, how many pins you had? And I was like, oh, well, hell, I can put safety pins all over. Yeah, there you go. That was like uh, wrestling. I, try, I got into I started wrestling because I quit soccer to watch Saturday morning cartoons. And all my friends started wrestling. So I did. Not that great. Sixth grade. Seventh grade, probably 50-50. Eighth grade, I moved to Wyoming. One match I have. And I pinned the guy. Bang. And my coach was like, oh, my God, this savant wrestler from Oregon or something. It's crazy. And uh, and then I got chicken pox and was out the rest of the season. Came back lighter, a whole lot lighter. Um, Was wrestling with the heavyweight because I was so used to wrestling with him. And I I took my fingers and tried to make them go to my wrist. Wrist backwards. Yeah, and I was all splitted up. And my coach was like, when can you wrestle? And I was like, not for two weeks. And he was like, we only have a week left. I think she'd tape it up and wrestle. And I was like, this isn't that important to me. So I walked out and became a downhill skier 
Nice. Yeah. It was football and skiing in high school were, were awesome. my sports. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'd grown up skiing in Oregon, Mount Hood, and um, I was like, I need other sport. I play basketball. Eh. I like it enough, but I don't like it enough to compete like that. Like, I wouldn't be the greatest teammate. And uh, not like the passion I had football. So I was like, I oh, ski. And uh, I did better than I thought I was going to just because I could be athletic and I know I lift weights and, and that kind of stuff. But the guys there are, and gals are on my team that went to like all year camps and they, that was their sport were just amazing to watch. They're just great skiers. And, but it was always us against Jackson. Jackson, the whole Wyoming was the top of the heap and their best skiers didn't even ski on that team. They were Orion like being sponsored and, and everything. But yeah, it was um, the Letterman jacket. I remember that. Yeah, it was definitely. But when I got my first letter, it was like, we got to get one. And then after a while, I was like, oh, no, I lost a bar. Like, <laughs> son of a, you know. Right. And uh, yeah, I remember the pins for being pins. The wrestlers had those. Wish we would have came up with something for football or skiing, but we yeah. weren't that inventive. And so, okay, you're starting to get noticed. And uh, you're going, getting invited to elite camps and everything. And, uh, I mean, people like, I didn't go to s- football camps and they, we'd be in practice and like, Oh, we're facing this guy remember from camp and they'd talk him up and I'd play against them. I'd be like, yeah, they weren't as good as he was talked up. And, uh, but yet I was like, definitely some of these guys went on to play and they had big reputations and you could tell they're just mm-hmm. amazing on the field. So we're, what'd you play in, in high school as far as football? So I, I started like freshman year. I started at safety and wide receiver. Okay. And then, uh, then I went to running back and safety and that's, that's all I, that's what I played from sophomore year on probably focus a little bit more like senior year at, at running back. Um, we sort of changed our offense up. We went from the old school wishbone to, oh, yeah. uh, to I back set and we, we just didn't have the personnel for it. I think uh, senior year, I was probably the fourth or fifth biggest guy on our team. Um, but no, yeah, and we we had some speed, so we we got a few things figured out that year. We we didn't start off very well. I remember having the conversation because I committed to Wyoming um, the senior before the summer before okay. senior year. So it's like you know, I, I want to play. Um, senior year sort of carefree not have to worry about uh, you know this whole recruitment process and worrying about getting hurt playing timid and maybe you don't get your offers or something like that so I committed early and then I remember after the third game um, coaches brought me into the office and basically like so you're D1 huh and it was sort of that Oh, I'm I'm not doing so well. Uh-huh. Not doing what what needs to be done. Um, was it the third? Maybe the fourth game. But uh, it's like okay, we'll get things going here. And we ended up getting beaten overtime in the semifinals uh-huh. by the team that went on and won it by, I think they won by like thirty four uh-huh. championship. Um, but uh, yeah, I I ended up rushing for over two thousand yards. And, uh, those first four games, I didn't even scratch a hundred yards. So, wow! Yeah, you definitely got the motivation. Oh, you're so you're D one. You think you're all that? Mm-hmm. Jealous? 
<laughs> yeah, come to Jesus type thing. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that I I see it. Writings on the wall. <laughs> uh, so where it was was Wyoming. I mean, was other schools recruiting you by then? Your junior year, where they could get the the verbal comment, the commitment. Sorry. They yeah. I I mean there were quite a few of them from that aspect trying to get the the verbal. Um, there was just something about Wyoming that I, I liked. Uh, I actually had my first offer sophomore year. Oh, wow. After, after a track meet, CU offered me. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of what I was being told Wyoming was the, the route that I wanted to go from the aspect of what I wanted to play. Yeah. In the process that I wanted to do it. You know, I'm a young kid and I was like, I want to play as a freshman and I want to play safety. And I did, you know, had a, had a great freshman year, but you know, you have CU telling me I'm going to be a linebacker. I'm going to uh, red shirt and I'm going to get to 240 before I get on the field. Oh, um, it's like, I, <laughs> I was 195 pounds when they're telling me this. Wow. Um, I have CSU and Utah telling me I'm going to play running back at that point. You know, I was like, I've, I've seen how other people hit. I know how I have the intention of going to hit somebody. I'd rather go hit than be hit all the time. So Running back wasn't uh, something that I'd focus on after high school. But, you know, in turn, I go to college. I play strong safety, rover, outside linebacker. So I've made my way down. But I, I, I also love to talk with friends. And, and we talk about when playing, you know, or 20 years ago. And... I always say I'm, I'm 20 years ahead of my time. I was a 210 pound linebacker and that's what they are now. Back then they were 265. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, but at least you, you didn't have to put on to be 240 to right. get to that linebacker I mean, in a, it less than a year. So that was probably good. I mean, probably put on some bulk just to play linebacker, but not. I weighed 235 in, yeah, camp, yeah. in camp senior year. And a week and a half into camp, I was down to 210. Oh. I was like, I, I. You had a good summer. I Right. <laughs> yeah. I had a good summer. And in the same sense as like, I can still move, but I just can't do it at the, like the tempo. Yeah. The, the pace and being able to every down type back. It's like, I got to be able to uh, get down here at the weight that I'm comfortable at. And if that means I'm not going to take on a, 315 335 pound guy head on every play then i'll figure out how to adjust yeah oh yeah it okay doing it well so who recruited you what coaching staff so coaching staff that recruited me in wyoming is Vic coning okay yeah Vic coning he he was actually i, I remember um he came into my house a, a few times there was one time it was in a blizzard and i had no clue why he came you know, we have the same type of weather as Laramie. And uh, when he left, he called our house like an hour later and he was 15, about 15 miles north of our house on a country road and got stuck. Oh my God. In, you know, in the blizzard. And so <laughs> dad and I had to go uh, shovel him out and get him to 
like pavement because we're all gravel roads get them to pavement where it was more maintained and had snow plows out so i can get back but yeah vic coning was was a coach and coaching staff that recruited me and how long was he your your coach for so he was uh head coach my first two years first two years okay he was, uh, he was head coach and then he came in more as the the safeties coach um he, he did that on top as head coach uh sophomore year okay because that was about the time I was living in New York time period. So uh, Wyoming games were hard to catch. Yeah. Uh, time changes and, and the record wasn't <laughs> just on TV. Right. Uh, I moved back to Laramie when, when Joe Glenn took over. Yep. And uh, he was a hoot because I worked in, I did uh, coach shows. I did video work and stuff. Right. And yeah, I interviewed him on that new field when they got the new turf, like we, we had an interview on the turf and, and uh, talked all about it. Still looks, it looks as good as it did when it was put in. Never got to play on it. They put that in that summer after we, uh, yeah. we won that Vegas bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I played on war Memorial, but in the middle of the summer, like during the shrine bowl. And mm -hmm. so I can say that, but yeah, I, I didn't have to play on it when it was like frozen. When it was yeah, tundra, I, yeah, uh, I did a lot of video work on the sidelines, and I was like, "This would suck to get tackled on right about now," and everything. But also, you get used to the weather there, so I'm not. I, I would have rather played in any snow game than any rain game. Like, rain was rain was the worst. It was sticking your hand in puddles. When you, the wind and oh yeah i mean we have it in laramie but like there were times and obviously you'd never mention the w word because then no. it shows up so yeah like, they were just dropping straight down just fine with whatever it was but yeah as as a breeze kicks in with it yeah yeah it was that yeah there was my last game with my team in high school uh was a playoff game and it was negative 30 people probably say it was more but it was damn dangerous and uh our coach never let us play with like pads on like any sort of covering the next thing i know i'm you know all the way covered up got gloves on and i say my gloves broke they ripped down the middle with about two plays in they were done i wore ski gloves the rest of the time um i was even cold and i didn't leave the field because i'm sure like you i played I, we just didn't have the players to play both right. ways by then and uh, I would come over. I maybe got one or two playoff, like punt or something. And uh, I would like go run up to the heater, get real warm real fast, and run out. And I would be like, "There are people in the stands. I can't believe there are people in the stands. That is crazy." And you know, my family's there and friends are there. I'm like, "Yeah, I was there for sure." And I was just like, "I don't know if I would have been there." Mm -hmm. Like, if I was, she was on the other foot. I was like, "That sucked." Mm -hmm. And. Uh, there were definitely a few Wyoming games where I was working the sidelines and I was like, you guys are lucky you're hitting right now because it's cold out there. Yeah. I mean, we, it's crazy to think that, you know, the type of weather that you get in Laramie and what you expect. I mean, I remember playing New Mexico and them clearing the field off and the snow banks on the sidelines were as high as a crossbar. Yeah. On, on the field goal post, but when I was in high school, we played a quarterfinal high school, high school game where they would 
between plays, it was almost like the, you know, the, what was old, the ice bowl where they'd go out and, and shovel yeah. the, so you can see where things were before the game. They had, um, they had snow plows out on our field to clear it off. They had dads on every five yard line scooping um, huh. throughout the whole game. I mean, it was a blizzard figured out, got my footwork down and uh, we, we ran away with that one, but it, it was, you experience it. And I think I, I broke my hand in the last regular season game. Oh, Senior year, I broke my thumb. So I was during the week, I have a cast on, get it cut off, tape it up, wear a glove. I was wearing uh, Newman coaches gloves. <laughs> that was the only thing that I could get over the top of, of my hand from the wrap and probably fumbled three or four times, but got back on it. But it was like, there's no grip on these things. These things, they got wet. They got ice cold they were slippery but we adapted right oh yeah our one of our running backs he separated his shoulder about game two but when you know no no way he was sitting on the season or anything like that getting surgery and they we do this weird tape thing keep his shoulder in and break four plays in and he, he was a tough ranch kid you guys <laughs> And he would, he'd be in the, in our huddle, just have one shoulder up. And if you were like, uh, the last play kind of hurt you, you'd look at him and be like, no, I'm not hurting. I'm not hurt like that. And the guy was one of the best rushers in the state just because pure toughness, running up three yards of carry and separated shoulder. And I remember we went to Australia and he got the pin in his shoulder. And I, every time it'd go off, I'd be like, it's a pin in his shoulder. I'll tell you (laughs) what happened. (laughs) I was there, and uh, but I mean, it would have been a different season if he hadn't played. But yeah, some injuries you you can easily play through. I don't know if they'll let you play with separated shoulders much anymore, but right, yeah. Um, and well, it's always with well, you're running back though. It's always defensive players. And they, your hands, we'll tape them up. We'll put you in a club. Oh yeah, we got you. You just need a tackle. You just got to right. figure. Out, you don't catch anything, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's always interesting. Uh, yeah, I've had my hands taped up. I punched a helmet, not me punching the helmet. The helmet punched me. Like I came up over a, hu- a pile and it just jacked my hand and I'd play a couple games to like clubbed hand. It hurt, but I wasn't sitting out for anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember the play that it got broken because I'm watching the other team pull my thumb back. Oh. And it, it was, it was um, that last game and I – Felt it when it snapped and went to the sideline and had our trainer tape it up and had a little bit of redemption. I think it was like a my next carry, like four plays later, was like a 53-yard touchdown right up the middle. I was like, well, just go here then. And <laughs> and get it over with. If you could have without getting flagged, right? Pull put up that thumb as you're going in the end zone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so get you move from small town Yuma out in the ranch to Laramie Wyoming now your sister was a trainer here ahead of you so you you might have been here prior to that did your recruiting trips of course so what was your experience coming to Laramie like what what was the big city it, it was not big city <laughs> it, it, was, it was what I expected because okay we, we would go often um with my sister being there but 
I think, you know, it was like, it was the perfect fit. It was a, a great step from where I was to where I went. Um, and I, I wouldn't have changed anything for, for the path that I went. It, I mean, you go to having a class in a classroom where there's 100, 150 people. I mean, that might have been my high school. Yeah. But it, for some reason, it didn't feel big to me at all because I had also, you know, had gone on other recruiting trips to larger campuses and it felt a little bit more like a zoo there. Um, yeah. The, the community, the uh, just the way people carry themselves um, in, in Laramie just remind me a lot of home. Nice. What? Okay. Dorm. What dorm do you live in? I was in McIntyre. Me too. Sixth floor. I was fourth floor. And then I went, in my second year, my housing fell through. So I did another year of it, which I had my own room on the second floor, which was right near the exit. So like, we just made it a thing to keep that exit door open, like propped open. I rarely went past the desk ever, but I never, I met, I didn't meet that many people in the dorms because I was from Laramie. Mm-hmm. So like it was kind of like well I sleep and study here and the rest of the social world's out there I don't really meet did you meet a lot of people in the dorms you get a chance or was your team was your the team I think yeah. was you know maybe throughout campus uh, you're just with those guys all the time yeah like those, those are your friends and when you're off campus you're going to a teammate's house or uh, or apartment whatever it was yeah um. Did you know what you wanted to study coming in or were you just going to feel it out? You know, I, I wanted to study business, but in the same sense, I was like, I, I was big into uh, health, fitness, kinesiology type things. Okay. So, so sort of shifted to that. Um, and I would be glad to say I was the last uh, graduate of the University of Wyoming that got a, just a strict kinesiology uh, uh-huh. degree because they they got rid of kinesiology as its own degree uh-huh now what do you have to get with it is it a, it's something yeah i think it's a minor but it's something they have to have like a focus in okay. kinesiology um and it's just not the broad study of the body and so you came in into Laramie and you started right away as a freshman that's what you were saying yeah it was a few games in um Played, you know, the very first games against Furman. Okay. Uh, had, a, had a good game against them. Um, and then uh, it was like game three or four. I started and didn't look back. And, and um, did you eventually, were you a team captain eventually? No. I was team captain senior year. Senior year, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, senior year was team captain. So, you know, th- that's when we were – moving up a little bit yeah. from the aspect of his second year with coach Glenn. And um, we were doing better from the fact we, we went over 500 or we went 500 and made a bowl game. And so we were moving in that direction. The captain, you know, I think I flew out to Vegas the week before for press conference type stuff, <laughs> flew on the university jet, Nice. I haven't even been on that thing. Go in and, and do those. Um, it was cold here, windy there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so did that. Had, had good, good success. Um, I think it's always when you look back at it, it's like, man, if I would have just 
done a little bit more. <laughs> it's always one of those, but it's a hindsight type thing and, and the, but would never change a thing that I did. And so you changed coaches halfway through uh, your, your college career. Uh, what was that like? What were the, what were the different styles between the two? I, it was just an energy. Yeah. I think was, was a big thing. Um, getting guys committed to the program, back to the program, uh, what we were trying to accomplish. The, the new coaching staff I knew of being a Colorado kid and, oh, yeah. and coach Glenn and, and his staff were at uh, UNC and had won national championships and then went to Montana before coming back to Wyoming. But I was basically on the cusp of transferring after sophomore year to see you. Wow. Um, oh. uh, our, our safeties coach for that spring ball was Vance Joseph. Okay. And he, he was actually one of the coaches that recruited me out of high school to Colorado. And so being a coach um, in, in Laramie for that spring, yeah. uh, he, he, and figuring out that he was going back, he was doing a heck of an effort to try to get me to go with him. I'm glad he didn't get you to go there. <laughs> I, one thing that always stuck out since I was doing coach shows, I got to meet Coach Glenn a few times. And every time, like, I met him once, and he was like, where'd you go to high school? And I was like, Laramie. Oh, it's like, DJ coach? Was like, yeah, yeah. So every time from there on out, he'd be like, Justin Flaskrude, Laramie, Wyoming, Coach d type, And yeah. he just rattled that off. And I was like, you, that's how you remember people. And I was, it was such a great way to, to make people feel special that Absolutely. That didn't were like, oh my God, he knows who I am. And I was like, the only other, another coach did that with me was Herm Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out in New York working at a TV station and I covered sports every once in a while. And I was at one press conference, we met, and then mm-hmm. next press conference a couple weeks later, and I'm in the in there and he's just like, Hey, what's up, Justin? You know, I got back to Wyoming yet? And I'm like, How do you remember me? How does this stuff stick out? I'm not, I mean. There are plenty of people to remember out there, but why is these two guys just easily when they see me clicked? And and so I was like, yeah, I really like Glenn. And I had fun around him and I got to interview him a few times and uh, love his story. And he, and he definitely brought energy. And it was, I guess I was like, it was the lost years when I moved away. I was lost mm-hmm. years. I came back and this new coach has got a new chant, Powder River Letter Buck and all right. this stuff. And we, we beat, what, BYU and they tore the goalpost down. Yep. Yeah, uh, I was on the field for that, and I wasn't trying to tear any goalposts down. And they came back down. We we're like running towards all the people, and they came back at us. Mm-hmm. The two groups were like running away, and we got like trampled. Oh, it dropped because yeah. I uh, I was on I was one of them on the the like three players that yeah. were getting shoved. Like I was like I'm going to go participate in this. Yeah, and I think I was like right at the center of the crossbar and. I, it was coming down and I shoved my way out of, out of the way. And yeah. I think a few people might've got hurt, but that thing came down. Yeah. And like, we, it was a big like dog pile. And like, I hit, I was on the, like uh, my friend female was almost on the very bottom. So I kind of protected her and I protected my head. And once I realized we're okay, I'm just giggling because right. a little bit, a little bit of alcohol in me, a lot of, <laughs> and I'm just giggling. Cause I was like, I can't look like, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to go out like this. This is how I'm going to go out. Like t- trampled because we beat, we are you. 
like I was just like, okay, rethink ever charging the field, make it count next time and stay away from go post. If I'm, if I'm not like, if I remember right, I think there was an article in sports illustrated that week before the game. And it was something like men versus boys because they were the oldest team in the nation and we were the youngest. Ah. Team. So, and you know, then they're also ranked and yeah, yeah. one win. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it, it it felt like there's some sad Vitconian years and it was just like every win was even better than the next one. Mm-hmm. And it was like BYU and CSU. And it was just, yes, beat those rivals. This fan base is energized. We're loving life. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I went to the Vegas Bowl. That was a riot. That was so much fun. And we had a guy behind us. And they, oh, this is the best part. Um, we get there, all the UCLA fans like bundled up like it's negative 30 in Laramie. I'm wearing like maybe a jersey and like a long sleeve shirt. And by halftime, they had bailed. And I'm at the 50 yard line. I'm literally pacing in the stands. I got so much room around me. And trick plays, it was great. And this guy taps me on the shoulder. And it's one of the guys I tailgated at the UNLV game weeks before. Where was it triple overtime or something? It was yeah. crazy. Right. And he was like, I knew I had to come back. He's like, I mean, I'm a UNLV fan, but I had to be here to watch Wyoming play again. Because he was like, they're so worth it. And I was like, yes. And yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. And then everybody missed getting home for Christmas. It was like that I was around. It was crazy. My mom was like, you're not going to make it home. And I like, I walked in Christmas day, but like, you know, no Christmas Eve, but at like midnight. And I was just like, good night. I'll be up tomorrow. But holy crap, that was awesome. I mean, they allowed us, which was crazy. And I don't think they'd ever do it again from the aspect of like the team plane is going home after the game. If your parents, if you want to stay and go out, you can. I mean, half of that. I would say the the plane might have had a quarter of the team of the guys on it wow. and everyone else found their way home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew people that were like, I got a ride to Rock Springs. And then I got right. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wow, you're not planning that out. And it was because I, I flew. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I kept waking up my buddy's couch because I was worried because we missed my flight. And I, so I didn't sleep too well. But I was, and I was excited because game and it's fun and all that. But I was just like, my mom will kill me if I miss this flight. Like, there's no missing this flight. And so, yeah, I made it home. I brought him T-shirts from the game and everything. And so, yeah, it was a good note for you probably to go out on. Um, did you have accolades that year, all-conference? I, I was honorable mention. I was honorable mention freshman and senior year. Senior, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I think from all-conference that year, our conference was stacked at linebacker. I mean, you had – Kirk Morrison, Brady Papinga, um, what was the other guy? I mean, there were two San Diego State guys, BYU, New Mexico. Um, so it, it was just stacked. And then again, you know, there's – and that's what the linebackers were – people were looking for 200 yeah. linebackers, and I wasn't that mold. But yeah, good cover linebacker, good whatever linebacker. But, yeah, you had the speed to keep up. And 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 you came from the safety spot, so you knew coverage was not out of your realm. No, it wasn't. And so were you like, um, is it time to go pro? Is it time to put my degree to work? What was the plan after after getting through college? 
the plan after that was like, hey, let's uh, let's dabble and see if there's an opportunity. Um, so, you know, not long after um, getting back to Laramie for for the next semester and having things settle down, it was like, okay, um, got to try to get into some type of workout routine and pro day is going to be coming. Um, what, what's that look like? So it, it was sort of a little bit of a crazy process for me. Um, I actually broke my bursa sac in my right knee, uh, in, in the Vegas bowl and it sort of set, never really thought about it. You know, it was swollen, didn't hurt that bad. So knew it wasn't uh, anything torn and they're like, well, have a fun night type thing. And it sort of set in there and festered. And I actually got an infection um, oh. in in my knee and went through uh, quite a bit of rehab with that. They took out a big chunk of dead flesh, which is nasty. And would always have to go out at the time. It was gym city and always have to go out there um, every day for them to change things out the wound. Um, tell you what, that is a very painful tender spot to have an infection. And then <laughs> there was a point where I'm carrying around in my backpack, this little vacuum that has a hose that I have going down my pants to my knee. And every few seconds, it sounded like I'm farting. It was like, poom, poom. and I'm sitting in class with that thing on, but uh, I have to get right. And um, you know, really th- that helped with the, uh, with the healing and the progress with that, turn that thing around pretty quick. Um, got an agent, got a speed coach, um, w- moved out to, uh, Minneapolis for about a month, uh, was taking classes, uh, teleconference because there wasn't really, you know, internet wasn't. Yeah. A thing where you're taking online classes. Um, so I was doing teleconference classes and uh, running with speed coach out in Minneapolis. And, you know, every other day I'm running with Larry Fitzgerald or Randy Moss because oh, the same speed coach. Yeah. So um, one of the best compliments I I've ever had was Randy Moss looked at me and goes, you're one fast white kid. Like, <laughs> yes. So, uh, yes. Was out there, came back, had pro day, um, got sick right before pro day. So didn't test the best, but, you know, I had decent film. Came to um, the draft, nothing really happened, nothing, uh, no phone calls. There were interests. Um, it's not like today where you can bring in almost everyone you want from into a camp. So that didn't didn't get into a camp. I was like, okay, well, this is sort of the end of it. And a few, what was it? It was like a, a year later. It's fast forward a year later. Um, I get a call from my agent and said, Hey, you just got drafted into NFL Europe. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, yeah, you're, you're, uh, we need to get you up here. It's three weeks before camp. Um, I got to get, get you going. So, Went back to Minneapolis for almost a month um, before heading to Tampa for NFL Europe camp. They they have all six teams there. 
in, in Tampa, you practice at different high schools, um, practice at Tampa Catholic every day. And that's where our, our home uh, practice field was. Got drafted. Um, I think I was a first round draft pick for, for them because they it was allocation and then draft. And so okay. you're allocated or drafted and no one really owned the rights to me. I didn't go to camp the uh, season oh, okay. before. So um, went in drafted um, by the Rheinfire in Dusseldorf, Germany, went to camp. Um, they brought me in as a nickel rover um, position, okay. you know, like a, a down safety. Um, I think that first practice, our, uh, our defensive coordinator looked at me and it's like, you're one fast white kid. <laughs> and yes. you know he he uh he played in the nfl for like nine years um and was special team captain i think a couple of those years for the giants um my position coach was kurt govea uh, like 13 years in the league as a linebacker um lots learned so much from him from the aspect of just uh what it takes to make it and, and being on the cusp and the edge of, yeah. of things. You bring in a lot of guys into camp. <clears throat> it's, it's, uh, I think we had like 80 guys per team come into camp and they whittle it down to 43. So it's a lot less than what an NFL roster is. So, uh, he, he swore, he told me before our last scrimmage, cause we scrimmaged every Saturday. He, he told me that he swore that he told me that, uh, no worries. I'm, I'm on the team. Well, he didn't. And I didn't scrimmage at all that last Saturday. And I was like, well, yeah. fellas, I'm nice knowing you. I'm going to be heading home. And, uh, there's, there's four of us in a suite in the place that we were at and the door knocked and I was like, well, it's for me. And it, no, it was for one of the roommates. And so, uh, so made that, that team yeah. played NFL Europe in 2006, second to last year of it, uh, played well. Um, went to get film to, I know the, the Jets and the Bills were the ones that were interested in me coming back for for that that nickel position. Um, one of our outside linebackers dislocated his elbow in the first game, and they medevaced him home, and cool. I was next up, so I played linebacker the rest of the wow. season. I think I was second on the team in tackles, had a couple interceptions, a couple forced fumbles. Nice. Um, and the season ends, we were, you know, we were a win away from staying an extra week and playing in the World Bowl, uh, wow. which would have been cool, um, but didn't do that and was coming home. And both the Jets and Bills said, you know, it was a great experience. Um we we wanted to get more film at you at that nickel position, so we'll do it again next year. And that's that's when I was like, I'm done. I'm, yeah, I, I don't, I can't, I don't have the luxury of working out for a year just for the uh, so. Yeah. So that was my uh, playing career. Yeah. Well, I mean, not everyone can say they made it, at least to the NFL Europe, or at least having right. Bills and Jets go. We're interested, right? Possibly getting in here. So I mean, that's. It's pretty impressive work from the plains of Colorado. Exactly. You know, Appreciate that. 26 people graduating <laughs> class. And yeah, that's, that's impressive. So I'm, I'm sure that's 
a big mental mind thing. Well, you're like, so now what? Mm-hmm. What do you do now? Do you do you put that degree to work, or or what do you got to do? Well, heck, I was like, what do I? It was what do I do now? Um, actually, got back and like a couple of weeks after getting back, trying to figure out what I'm going to do, I got a call from uh, a coach that was the grad assistant my freshman year in college who was the offensive coordinator at Fort Scott Community College in Fort Scott, Kansas. So another metropolis. Yeah. In the southeast corner of of Kansas. If you could throw a rock really good, you could probably hit Arkansas. Okay. Um, So it's it's down there a ways. Um, We're just north of Pittsburgh, Kansas. Um, Went down. It's like, okay. It's like, hey, we got – we need a linebackers coach. It's like, I, I, I can, I can probably fill that role. Went down there and, uh, and got exposed to junior college football. Um, unbelievable athletes. Yeah. So, I mean, the talent, um, we, we had it everywhere. Uh, if you could put all of them on the field at once, you're going to compete with a lot of big schools. Wow. Um, you know, I had, it's crazy to think of my outside linebackers were Jaquan Williams, who um, went from Fort Scott to S- South Florida to the Giants and won a Super Bowl. And Jason Pierre-Paul was the other oh, wow. end up defensive end outside linebacker. Um, so coached some good kids. Um, yeah. Did that for, for just a year. Um, junior college in, in Fort Scott, Kansas was uh, – was not my calling. Um, you know, it, sometimes you don't see eye to eye with, uh, with, with some people. And so, um, gracefully excused myself from, from junior college coaching and, and moved back to Colorado. And it's still like, what are you going to do type yeah. thing? Um, started looking a little bit from the aspect of my primary degree, which I have a minor in finance. So I went down the path and was doing some investment stuff. Um, I mean, this is 2006, 2007, right before a lot of things start heading south. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the the same time, um, I get introduced to Dave Logan um, and start coaching high school football for him. And so from 2008 until... 2016, I uh, coached high school football um, at Mullen and at Cherry Creek with Dave Logan. So I had the opportunity uh, to learn a lot from him, from coaching and and how to do it right, treat people right, uh, having great athletes. Won more state championships than ever had an opportunity playing in. (laughs) Nice. We win three in a row at Mullen and then – Won the first one um, that being a part of that staff at at Cherry Creek. And, you know, they've rattled three off in a row right now. I talked to him uh, last year, and I was like, you yeah. know, the, the central reason why we didn't win anymore was me. It was once I'm, once I'm out, you guys start winning them again. So <laughs> we're laughing about that. But yeah. they, they should probably win their fourth this year in a row. Wow. That's a testament some coaching there for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I, 
pay attention when you're at Mullen for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I think I was first time I ever paid attention to Colorado uh, high school sports, but yeah, I knew your coach. And so I was like, yeah, they're impressive. And I think you stopped through Laramie a few times. So I was like, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, along the way, um, did you meet that, 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 that special someone? I did so meet a like, special someone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think prior to that, because it still was a while before I met that special someone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, what am I going to do type thing? Well, I'm yeah. not doing anything towards my degree. Um, I've co-founded a tech company. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're down that path. Uh, we enjoy what we do. We provide solutions to, to help people. Like if you got a product service business and you need to market it, uh, we have a platform we think is pretty awesome for, for people to do. Um, so we created that. And then a uh, few years after doing that, uh, met this special someone. Um, I actually had known her since my freshman year in college. And uh, we were had known each other. We had friends. Um, She's, she was a senior in college. So we, I, I joke, she uh, robbed the cradle on me from that aspect, (laughs) but um, you know, we, we got reconnected, I think throughout life, um, you know, young adulthood, it never would have worked. We laughed, we laughed, never would have worked between us. We, we had too much happening, uh, too much craziness in both of our lives that needed to be uh, run its course. And so we got reconnected um, in 2015. Okay. And she was in uh, Fort Collins. She's a realtor. Uh, she's amazing at what she does. She's um, one of the top in, in Colorado. She's like a top 1% in the, in the nation. Sweet. She is a, a go-getter and uh, works twice as hard as a lot of people that I know. Um, and so we, we got, uh, reconnected. We got married in 2019. Um, we have our, uh, the house we moved in, um, we moved in here at the end of 2019, right before we, uh, the, the COVID hit and yeah. get to meet all the neighbors, but we sort of live in the cul-de-sac area. And so got to meet everyone that way. We would all, uh, go out and put up, uh, canopies and bring our heaters out and get to know people that way. Have some, have some cocktails and yeah, yeah. Out then and then we uh, had our first. We had a daughter. Um, she's 17 months old now. So in uh, May of 2021, we we had our we had our daughter. Um, she is a Spitfire and. Everyone says we deserve her because she, <laughs> um, she, but, but she's a sweetheart. She's a great, great girl, but she, uh, we, we are having a lot of fun with her. She's keeps us on our toes, but we're having fun. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what's your name? What's your daughter's name? Name's Bo. Bo. B-O-E. And yeah. um, it is actually, so I was named after my great grandfather. And she is named after my great grandmother's maiden name. Okay. So Bo was her, my great grandmother's maiden name. Some connections there. Connections. Um, yeah. So wait, you left coaching, 
and 2016, and you said you started a marketing company. Is that the logo that's flying around behind so the, you? The one that's flying around behind me. Yeah, that's our yeah. company. Um, you know, that QR code goes to uh, to my personal information. It, it's really for a way to what we focus on is helping people with controlling um, what they can from their marketing, being able to create landing pages, business cards, whatever that is, um, create that marketing being able to network together and refer people business. And that's our whole thing. Like if we could put it into uh, one small little box, like we just allow people to digitize information okay. and share it where people can access it in real time. Okay. Yeah. All right. And How's business going? It's two, when you started, 2000. So, so we actually started this venture in 2010. 2010. So, and 12, so 12 we've years. Been, we've been at it for a while, yeah. Um, and then uh, this one of the our our main solutions we released in 2017. We uh, released another product offering um, in 21 October of 21. So just just at a year ago. Okay. Um, uh, just a, a hardware piece where you simply tap it to someone's phone and it transmits information directly to them so they can ah. get information about, you know, you specifically or an offering product, whatever it is. So did you have to do a lot of traveling for it in the beginning? Um, or is it a lot of this? A lot it's of video calls? I mean, we were, we were initial adopters. We were actually beta of Zoom, which is okay. crazy. So, you know, we have, uh, we're, we're grandfathered into our, our Zoom account um, where, you know, I think uh, a lot of companies there in 2020, March, April, who said, we got to go digital, uh, saw that there's, there's a decent amount of money that has to go into doing this digital thing um, to the fact of some of those companies aren't around anymore. But uh, some of those dropped a pretty penny for the amount of subscriptions that they had to get with this platform. Uh, we started using Zoom to about 2016. Yeah. Um, the university for outreach. I was in the outreach school and then they got rid of it. But I was video conferencing manager. So I've done this for a long time where I set it up. And so, yeah, when uh, COVID hit and I was like, we got to use Zoom. I've got it. I was like, easy. I got this one. Got I, I, this is what it can and can't do. This is, you know, where we can do it. And um, like, I, it kind of shined because we sent instructors home. I worked at the university in IT and we sent instructors home and they came back and they taught the classrooms, but they're like, well, I'm so used to teaching from my desk. And I was like, now you got a big old classroom and this is how you do it. And, and so there's some growing pains and, I, and now they use Zoom as like, uh, the the name for like video conferencing because there's right. a bunch of platforms and right. so like they'll be like the zoom microphone broke and i'm like it's just the microphone it's not <laughs> the zoom microphone it's not exclusive it's like q-tip it's like nike like mm -hmm. it's those right. kind of brand and recognition and i'm like it makes me laugh because i'm just like yeah of course because but yeah 10 years now we could be on you know whatever so knows like, what you know whatever the next something they implant in your head you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that ugh, that's scary. And I and I work in IT, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, I like to disconnect. 
I'm glad there's spaces in Wyoming where you can't get cell service. I'm fine with that. Absolutely. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, so that, that's great, man. Um, one last question for you before we go. Uh, since the show's called All My Friends with Justin Flaskrude, how do we meet? There's Dude, no wrong answer. We, we, there, there's no wrong answer. We met, yeah. we met in college. I think we met at Lovejoy's. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I think you were, uh, you were spinning some music. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and I probably came and grabbed the microphone from you. I was probably <laughs> a, a few cocktails. And, uh, and you might have been like, hey, this guy might be a little crazy. We can, <laughs> we can hang out. Oh, I'm, I, prob- well, I, I don't recognize you guys with all the gear on, the, the right. football gear on all the time. Um, but it was when I was doing coach show and stuff. And so I'd be on sidelines. So I get see you guys, know you guys. And then it's like the brotherhood of football. So I know a lot of players that played, you know, prior to you and stuff like that. And yeah, definitely love joys led to so many friendships of mine. Um, the funniest ones are around to people and they're like, I was that one person annoyed, annoyed you. And I'm like, no, no, I remember you. You're not that one. And so if you ever grabbed a microphone, I don't remember it. They're way more. I think you probably yeah. like took the microphone and spun it around because I was singing it. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Nice. nice. It was either that or I knew, uh, you know, that senior year, they uh, like that whole, the closest part of the student section would always chant guy. guy oh yeah. Guy. So, you know, I think. Uh, oh yeah. Catching you that too. You were a big part of that. Bill and I would start yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. We would definitely. Yeah. And I was like, I remember moving back and I was like, this guy can ball. <laughs> Holy cow, two can ball. And so I was like, what's his name? And they're like, guy. And I was like, no, really. I was like, didn't want to believe that was your first name. I was like, what? Really? My last name is okay. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. I was just like, that's an interesting name. But I was like, and they're like, this guy can ball. And I'm like, of course he can because his name's Guy. And I was just like, oh, it's like, who's on first? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so I was just like, oh, okay. But I was like, yeah, this guy's good. This guy's good. So I wasn't, and now I know the whole backstory that it makes sense now. It all makes sense. I appreciate and, it. And thanks for being on the show, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I want to thank Guy for being on the show. I do remember being in the student section. I wasn't a student at the time, but I had many friends that were, and we would chant for Guy, and the chant matched the Eye of the Tiger song, you know, Guy, 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 Guy. He would give us away from time to time. He could ball, so it was easy to chant his name. On to the next episode. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud.